Southeastern Bow Hunter Podcast. Hey guys, this is JD with Southeastern Bow Hunter Podcast. Just want to let you know I can save you a little bit of money if you go onto nosedownsense.com and type in the promo code SEBH15, Southeastern Bow Hunter 15, SEBH15. That'll get you 15% off on all the products they have across the whole site. Now go make sure you check them out. Amazing products, great cover sense, and great application sense for those big old scripts you're trying to work on. Also, after you get that game, you can go ahead and season it up with some of their seasonings and dry rubs they have. Go give them a check. Hey guys, it's JD with Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. You ever get bored like I do in the middle of the night watching YouTube, trying to figure out which broadhead flies the best, which one penetrates the best? different arrows, different bows, different bow speeds, all that kind of stuff, go check out Chest Stump Outdoors. Not only do they have some good hunting footage, he also does amazing broadhead reviews and arrow reviews and bow reviews and stuff like that. He goes to all the different trade shows and tests out all the bows right there on camera. He also does the Mountain Archery Fest. So give him a check. That's again, Chest Thumper Outdoors. Go give him a good listen. Go watch his videos. Some amazing content. What is going on, guys? Welcome to episode 55 of Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. Back from the dead, baby. Uh, If you noticed last week, there wasn't an episode. That's because me and the family all had the flu. Um, it was absolutely terrible, and I had just gotten my voice a couple days ago. So I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Um, unfortunately, I haven't been in the woods in two weeks, and so it's been, uh, yeah, it's been kind of depressing. But, you know, movement's been down, so I haven't really been missing much. And, you know, I was able to pretty much spend time with the family, just enjoyed family time, which I don't really get to do a lot these days. And, you know, it was it was a good time. So, like I said, hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, if you went hunting and killed a big buck, fantastic. <coughs> Sorry, I still got a little bit of a cough. But I'm happy for you if you killed, you know, your target buck or a doe or just anything. That, if you killed anything. I mean, that's, that's, that's what we're out there to do, right? So, anyway, we're back. And this episode is actually a pretty good one. Um... I've got my buddy Brock Wingo on. It's one of the coolest names I think I've ever heard. Uh, He is out of Michigan, and, you know, we talk about his hunting history. We do touch on the Rompola buck, um, because I feel like anybody from Michigan, that's kind of just something that you bring up, because it's like a a staple in the deer community up there. Um, But Brock is an awesome dude. He reached out to me on Instagram a few weeks ago, and we've been planning on doing this episode for literally almost a month. And it's just planning and scheduling and time and all that stuff. It just didn't work out up until last week. So, man, Brock's an awesome dude. He's young. He's 19. But the kid is very knowledgeable. And he's had some really good success in the Deerwoods. So I think you guys are going to enjoy this. 
Um, before we get started, we gotta get all our, all our, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what you would call it. I guess sponsors out of the way. Um, first and foremost, VPA. Man, VPA sent JD a bunch of heads that he is gonna be testing, so make sure to go check out the YouTube channel, uh, Southeastern Bowhunter TV. And they sent me two packs of the new Omega 125 broadhead. And these things are badass, dude. I, I'm so thankful that Ryan and Jeff from VPA decided to, uh, you know, come on board and partner up with us on the podcast. And, you know, I can't thank them enough for letting us use these broadheads. Um, these broadheads are, are amazing. So go check them out. Go use our promo code SEBH15 or no, I'm sorry, SEBH10. It'll save you, uh, 10% site-wide and you're not gonna be disappointed man they have over 80 different types of broadheads all right so if you can't find a broadhead that tickles your fancy out of that whole lineup then something's wrong with you uh it's all american made and that is a huge reason why we decided to partner up with them because you know we like to support american made products uh i'm pretty sure all of our setups every single component of ours is made in america um, right down to the serving string. So go check them out. You won't be disappointed. And there's a lot more to come with them. I know JD is working hard on getting those videos made. So a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline with them. Uh, next up is Osseo. You know, I say it all the time. One of the best camo companies in the industry. Uh, their camo is completely different from a lot of the stuff that is on the market these days. And you know, I love it. I know they've got their late season stuff rolling. I know they've got a few deals going on. Um, but if you're listening to this and you haven't, you know, checked them out already, go check them out at osteogear.com and use our promo code SBH10. That's SBH10. Saves you 10% site-wide. And, uh, man, you, you guys won't be disappointed, I promise. Next up is Summit Tree Stands. Um, dude, my summit has been taking a beating this year and I am definitely going to have to upgrade after this season. Uh, nothing's wrong with it. It's just, you know, I kind of want to go a different direction with it. Um, a different type of climber. I'm looking at the open shot, which is basically just a hang on, but you can climb with it and it's badass. So go check them out. American made. Um, all this stuff is American made by the way. Um, and you can save 15% on their website. Uh, you know, get yourself a little Christmas present, go get someone you care about, go get a family member, a Christmas present from Summit. Um, SEBH15 will save you 15% site-wide. And I mean, honestly, guys, why not use it? You know what I mean? I say it every episode. It saves you some money. You get a great product. I don't see the problem. Uh, next up is going to be Urban Archery Outfitters. A lot of stuff happening with them. I really, really need to reach out to Chris see what else is going on. He's told me some stuff, but um, not, I mean, we honestly haven't talked in a couple weeks. So it's my fault. You know, like I said, being sick and stuff, I sort of had to take a step back and, you know, help my daughter get, get well again and have myself get well again. Um, but yeah, man, go check them out. I know that the app is still in development and it should be dropping hopefully sometime next year. And you know, they're going to be changing the game. Uh, last but not least is Scout Tech. And Scout Tech is, if you haven't, you know, listened to the episode with that we did with Ryan and his family, Scout Tech is a trail camera software company. Um, they, their software and all that, all that technical stuff 
is uh, they are affiliated with a lot of different companies like Exodus. I think Reveal uses their software. Um, there's a few others. I can't remember what they are, but Scout Tech is a great company. They also make, you know, rubs and spices and stuff, man. And it, they are working on some stuff. I can't talk about it yet. I'm waiting for Ryan to let me know when I can. But let's just say that there's going to be a big collaboration with them and another uh, company that I think you guys are going to be pretty excited about. So anyway, that's all the all the nitty gritty. Um, yeah, man. You know, Brock was a good dude. Brock is a, is a good dude. I should say that. He, he went on an Ohio hunt, um, saw some good deer. Unfortunately, wasn't able to fully connect on it. Uh, he did shoot one. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to. I'm not going to spoil it. You're going to have to listen to the episode. So anyway, let's get started with Brock Wingo from Michigan. All right, guys. Feels like I'm back from the dead. Uh, My guest today knows all about that. I've been complaining to him for about a week now of how sick I've been and all this other stuff. So if I cough, I apologize. My guest tonight on this episode is Brock Wingo, probably one of the coolest names I think I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> man, and you know, I, I heard really Brock reached out to me and he told me, you know, he's been listening to the podcast and he was on uh, Nine Finger Chronicles, right? Yeah. Okay. So I guess first, before we, you know, just get into it, why don't you let everybody know who you are, where you're from? Um little bit of background on you know your hunting career I guess yeah so uh my name is Brock Wingo like you said I'm from Michigan um been in the woods probably since I was three so like 16 years but been actually hunting since I was eight like holding the tag so been hunting for 11 years now and, um, yeah, just grew up hunting private pretty much my whole life and shooting decent bucks, but nothing wild. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, you've got some good deer behind you there, man. I can't really see the one behind your head, but he looks like yeah, a- that's my, that's my public land one. And that's, um, from opening day gun season in 2018. Me and my little brother went out, the one up on the shelf. Yeah. Uh, my little brother and I went out and shot him at 1230. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, dude. So I, I assume you've never been, you know, to the South or the Southeast before, but if you, I mean, you've listened to the podcast, so you know what we've been dealing with. It's been a crazy season. Uh, Thor finally killed. I don't know if you listened to his most recent episode, but he finally killed a deer the day after we did that episode. And, um, yeah. And so I, I really want to know, like, I know what your season's been like, but for the people that are listening, um, why don't you give us a rundown on that? Cause you've been on some really good deer and a lot of people think that Michigan deer, you know, don't get that big, but the ones that you've shown me, I mean, they, there's some studs, man. Yeah. I mean, um, my three, target bucks they're not really target bucks anymore because they don't show up that much but the three biggest I've had on camera I mean the I got names for all three of them I call the one double wide he has a double main beam on his right side I call the other one the king buck he's a big wide 
10 with a split brow tine. Okay. And the other one I call Uno because from last year when I got permission on the piece, um, he's the very first like big deer that I'd be more than happy shooting that I ever got on camera. So that's where his name came from. Um, yeah, so this season, um, I put a lot of work into that spot. I spent several days, probably close to like a week, just cutting shooting lanes and working on my little mini clover plot I made in there and hanging a stand and running my mock scrapes all year. And I got these three bucks on camera quite a bit this summer, but not like super consistent. And so I was hoping that that meant that they weren't summering there and hoping that that meant that they'd stick around in the fall because my biggest buck I ever shot did that. He would just show up like here and there all throughout the summer and then he'd live there in the fall. Mm-hmm. So I was hoping that that's what they were going to do. But the two bigger ones, um, the King Buck and Double Wide, they both disappeared right before the season like they do. And yeah. Uno has shown up in daylight once throughout the season and then showed up on camera two other times at night. Now, is that the one that you sent me a a photo of the other day when we were talking about, um, like, you going in and all that stuff? I think it was – wasn't it when we were supposed to do this the first time before I got sick? Uh, Yeah, I think – yeah, I think so. Okay. I think it was then. Gotcha. So – I mean, how how do you think this the rest of your season, you know, in those spots is going to play out? Because I mean, right now over here, I'm starting to see um, more uh, feeding patterns than really anything else, which is kind of weird for this time of year over here. Um, hmm. I'm not seeing mock scrapes or any scrapes get hit. I'm not really seeing chasing. Um, there are still new bucks showing up. Like I've sent you a picture of a couple. Um, yeah. But, I mean, what are you seeing in the woods right now? Are they locked down? Are they chasing? Is it just a free-for-all? I mean, what's what's happening up there? Um, Our rut is slowing down pretty good. But, like, the rut here is weird because it seems like in the last about five years that I've gotten big into hunting and, like, really been paying attention and everything, it seems like our rut just kind of lasts all the way through November Mm-hmm. And I think it's because of, I think it has something to do with our gun season opening up during the rut. I think that the pressure just throws them off and kind of makes the breeding process take longer. Yeah. I'm not a biologist, but that's just what <laughs> I'd imagine does it. Yeah. Well, but, and- um, the one buck Uno last year, he daylighted on the 30th, which is exactly when he daylighted again this year. Mm-hmm. So then he daylighted again last year on December 9th. So I'm hoping that he does that same pattern to this year. Yeah. So the 9th is a weekend, so it'll work out perfect. I will definitely be in the woods that evening hoping he comes in. Yeah, well, see, that's what I, that's what I was just about to say is you had told me about, you know, you've got these guys daylighting two different times. And now were you in the woods? You were in the woods the, um, this year, the same day that he daylighted last year, right? No, I was planning on it, but then my work day got a little hectic compared That's to what I right. thought it was going to, and I couldn't make it out. 
work, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's like yeah. everything's going against us. So, all right, well, you've got a couple more weeks. I mean, I, I don't know, dude. I think that, you know, just from talking with you and, and everything that, you know, you've kind of told me over, you know, Instagram and stuff like that, I think you've got a pretty solid chance, especially if you've got it, you know, when they daylighted. Because I tried that this year. And mm-hmm. my target buck tank daylighted last year, um, October 25th. He still hasn't daylighted. I had him one time hmm. at 638 in the morning, which is like right at shooting light. And I wasn't there, but I mean, I think that was probably last week. And he just, he's maybe shown up once since then. So these deer will drive us crazy, man. And, yep. and you know that as well as I do. <laughs> so, yeah. You went to um, Ohio recently. Yeah. You told me you had some stories you wanted to tell me about that, but you were saving it for this. So what happened? Give, give us a um, run the Ohio trip. So on the drive down there, I took a Friday and a Monday off and did a Friday through Monday, four-day weekend. And I was driving down the Friday morning of the 10th, I think it was. And on the way down there, we see like a 150 inch buck chasing a doe out in the field, like a huge 10 point. And I'm like, oh man, I'm so ready for this. <laughs> and that was in Northern Ohio. We weren't quite to where I wanted to be yet. Mm-hmm. So then we get into Southern Ohio and I, we get our campsite all set up and get all settled in. And we got there and had like 30 minutes to set up the campsite to be able to make it to the chunk of public I wanted to hunt on time. So we scrambled and threw that together and then hauled over to the piece I wanted to hunt and got there. And it looked like really good from the map. It was a bunch of bunch of river bottom territory that I remember I'd shown you I was e-scouting with that fat line going along the river yep and in this particular bean field there was a fat line and then there was when I was sitting the cut bean field on the public where that fat line went there was just a little low spot in that one corner of the field and that night we set up in a different corner from where that fat line was just because there was three big scrapes that all had been hit recently. So we set up right there and I knew I should have just trusted my gut and went to that corner because we saw a buck chasing a doe in that corner that night. And I was kind of kicking myself, but it was all right. It was the first night. So I was trying to tell you, (laughs) (laughs) try to tell you, man, Clifton talking about, yeah, he definitely does. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that trip, dude. So before before I say what I'm going to say about that, what uh you told me that you took a shot on a deer. Mhm. So what what happened with that? Cuz I I know you kind of gave me the rundown, but I honestly after being sick and everything, everything's a blur. So refresh yeah. my memory on what happened. Okay, so I'll just um wrap up the boring part of my trip which is the next couple days we hunted that same chunk of public in a different chunk not seeing anything saw one deer on the walk in another time 
then sat the same chunk with a different spot that night, got a mile and a half back, bumped into a guy. He threw his hands up at me and I'm like, dude, how, how do you expect me to know someone's a mile and a half back? Here? Yeah. Right. So went and set up on a random saddle. Didn't see anything next morning. Next morning I had zero Intel, no idea where to go for a morning hunt. So I slept in till like first light and then left so that I could just still hunt an area. Mm. And then, Went out on the chunk where we had seen that buck chasing a doe and there were some pheasant hunters walking out and I was, was just messing with them. I was like, hey, is there any bucks you can send me to you guys saw? And he said, actually, we saw one over there. So I went and checked that out, found nothing, scouted a few miles, saw four deer total and like four miles of walking. And I was like, all right, this is oh, not going to cut it. I know. And then so... That's when I think I told you that night after that we hunted that same chunk, but in a different spot. And a guy that had been hunting there for a few weeks said that the locals all said EHD was really bad there this year. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, that would explain the smell of dead stuff coming from the river and the fact that we're not seeing anything. Yeah. So I was like, I just got to, figure something else out and then i remembered that big buck i saw chasing up in northern ohio i was like well i'll just find a random trunk in northern ohio and drive up there and it'll put me three hours closer to home and hopefully they're rutting up there and so dude we get up there and we saw more big bucks bouncing around trying to find a hunting spot driving around that morning than we saw yeah. total deer when we we're in southern ohio and so bouncing around, show up to one chunk of public. It's a refuge, so we can't hunt it. Go to another one 20 minutes away. That's a refuge. Can't hunt it. Go to another one, and that one's state land. So we're like, all right, sweet. We found a good spot. No vehicles at the parking spot. And so I'm just like, well, we won't go where all these tire tracks are from everyone else hunting it recently. We'll go to this part. We walk in and immediately find like giant rubs yeah and i'm looking at my brother and i'm like oh boy we're in a big buck bedroom because there's like 50 of them and so we're finding all this and i'm just kind of like really slowly walking through it listening more than i'm moving and just every so often doing like a couple contact grunts mm -hmm. and it, the weird thing was, it was only like 250 yards away from the parking spot. It was not far at all. Yeah. I mean, that's something I've learned, dude. You know, you don't, sometimes you don't have to go that far. Mm -hmm. I, I've seen more big deer on camera and in person closer to the parking spots than a mile and a half deep. And I'm not yeah, saying they're exactly. not there, but it's because everybody thinks, oh, I got to go really deep. So when they do that, they bump all the deer and the deer go towards where you know, they circle around and go back where the people aren't. So. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that public land buck I shot, he was a, I'm assuming a four and a half year old. And mm. I shot him like 150 yards away from a road that yeah. opening day gun season, I counted 14 trucks going up and down. And I shot him three days later out of that spot. Holy crap, dude. So, I mean, the yeah. pressure up there, is it, is it, pretty heavy because i noticed by us on public this year especially opening day dude it was 
I mean, opening day and then the uh, the quota hunt that I got drawn for me and some buddies went to and it, dude, it was bad. Like there was way more people there than I've ever seen because I'm used to mm -hmm. going there and not seeing a single person. I probably saw 15 people. I mean, it was <laughs> ridiculous. So, I mean, is the pressure up there like significant or is it kind of you just bounce around and go where people aren't? It's um. I bounce around and go where people aren't, but like, it depends on where you're at because there's chunks of public that it just seems like public is getting more and more crowded as the years go on. Yeah. And I think that, I think it's probably something to do with how many people are like me and are starting to door knock because of watching Lee Ellis and Drew Carroll do it. So if they can do it, I can do it. And that's yep. what <laughs> hundred thousand other people are thinking. Yeah. So I think that in leasing is probably pushing a lot of people towards public and it's just making it more and more crowded. But yeah, the pressure is bad. But then you find like in our ag areas where there's bigger chunks, like the average chunk is like 100 acres ish. It's not too bad out there, like where mm -hmm. my cousin has a spot. Um, it's not bad out there at all. And he sees a lot of deer and yeah. not nearly as many people. But then there's the spots where the average size is like 10 acres and every single person that owns five to 20 acres hunts. So in a score mile, you have like eight properties that have one or more hunters on them. And it's just wild. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, in the South, the, the stereotype is everybody hunts, right? I mean, I'm from Illinois, so like I'm not from here, but yeah. I'm here. So man, I, especially after getting into hunting as heavy as I have, I will literally drive around just my area and I'll see, you know, archery bags in the back of people's yards. I'm like, Oh, there's a hunter. There's a hunter. I mean, I got a guy right up at the front of the, uh, the neighborhood we live in. He's got one of those tower stands in his, in his yard. And he's got about four to five different 3d targets just chilling in his yard. And I'm like, <laughs> where I mean, he has to be someone I've ran into on public or something before, you know, Probably. it's just, it's just crazy, man. Cause people say like, you know, and I'm not going to, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but people will say that hunter recruitment's not there. I mean, I don't know, man, down here, it seems like everybody hunts. Yeah. I definitely don't think that hunter recruitment is lacking. I think it's the retainment that's failing us right now. Cause <coughs> I think it's due to pretty much due to the hunter recruitment because there's so many people getting into it and it's not knocking them because I want everyone to experience the thrill of shooting a big deer or shooting a buck with your mm -hmm. buddies or with your family like it's awesome but I just think that because so many people are trying to get into it that it's pushing other people away from the sport because they're having less of a quality experience out there oh yeah I mean I I felt that this year you know the amount of times I hunted public this year was more than any other time. And there was a few times that I was like, dude, I don't even want to do that. Like I remember telling Thor and JD and everybody, like, I can't wait to get back to my regular private spots where there is no yeah. pressure and I don't have to worry. Like, so the spot that tank is on the neighbor and I are buddies and he hunts, like we're hunting kind of close to each other, maybe within 200 yards of each other. Um, but again, we stay in contact. So if I'm going, he knows and sometimes he'll go and sometimes he won't. 
and we've kind of got it where we both go on different days. Um, now I don't know if that's helping or not. Cause I've honestly only hunted that spot once this year, which is crazy because yeah. last year I was there every weekend. And so I don't know, man, the pressure stuff, it's just public's great. And, you know, we've got plans to, you know, put a ton of cameras out over there after the season. But yeah. I feel like it's, if, if next year is as heavy pressure wise as it was this year, things are going to have to change. We're going to have to go two, three miles deep or, you know, skirt around people and figure out where these deer are at. Cause yeah, I saw deer and, and all that, but I did not see the numbers that I thought I would see. So I'm assuming that's because of hunter pressure. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's gotta be, but before we, get too far and I forget about it I'll finish the story of hitting that buck it's all right I (laughs) love getting off on tangents it's pretty funny but um so we find all those rubs and I'm like well maybe he's in here maybe he's not and I just keep walking a little bit and I bump a doe I was like all right there's a bedding area I'm just gonna plop down right here and I wait like probably wait like 10 to 15 minutes just to let everything quiet back down because she didn't run far she just like got up and bounded a little bit and then I dropped into the CRP and she couldn't see us anymore Mm -hmm. so I just waited and I was like well there's a door right there what are the odds there's the big guy that's making all these rubs and scrapes locked down with her so I'm like clearly he likes to rub trees so maybe if I rub a tree with my rattlers it'll fire him up yeah and so I just do, I don't think I did a dobly. I think I just did a long breeding grunt and then some tending grunts. And I scratched the gr- grass a little bit, like making a scrape. And then I just took my rattlers and raked this tree for about five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then I stop and I wait another five-ish minutes and nothing's coming. I'm like, well... It's my last morning. I don't want to waste too much time. I'll probably just leave. And so we stand up to leave. And then that's when I hear steps. And it's not coming from the direction I thought it was going to come, like not where that bedding area was where I bumped the doe. Mm-hmm. It's coming from kind of behind me, like downwind of me. And I'm just sitting there listening. And my brother's like doing 13 year old stuff. He's like moving around, rustling his feet and I'm like dude would you be quiet just for a second <laughs> and then I look out in the CRP and it's like out of a movie like just it just reminded me of the one King Kong movie where he's like coming through the woods and the trees are going like that mm-hmm. the CRP is just whipping to the side from deer walking through I'm like oh shit well there's deer coming yeah and so I just stand there for a minute and I see antlers and I'm like all right well it's buck get down and he gets down and gets his phone out to try to get it on video and I see him and so I get down and just there's one clump of CRP in between us that's not laid down and then there's three deer trails leaving the scrape I'm sitting next to mm-hmm. and so there's just like tall spots of CRP where I can't see and then the trails where you can see so it panned out pretty well sitting right in that scrape I had like nice shooting lanes in every direction and so I 
He's coming straight at me, and I put that clump in between him and I so that I can get my bow up and get hooked up and make sure everything's ready. Then he cuts to the side. I see him go through one of the shooting lanes, and I turn to get ready, and then I hear other steps coming, and then I'm like, well, maybe that's a bigger buck. So I swing back that way. And this is when I'm, and then I'm still keeping tabs on the littler guy. Cause where, and I saw him, I was like, I mean, it's a buck in the last yeah. sit. I'm not going to pass him up. He's like a decent basket six. And so I'm like, I'm not going to pass him up if he does give me the opportunity. But if this is a huge one, I don't want to screw this up. Mm-hmm. So um, then I draw back and I'm keeping tabs on him, but listening for this other deer and then i see him he goes into the shooting lane on the right but then he makes a turn and comes from my right to my left now and so i'm like well he's about to give me a pretty good shot so i just ignore the other deer and get ready on the one shooting lane i'm gonna have and he steps into it and i shoot and i just see my lighted knot go right behind the shoulder blade and I just see it bury up into him, but then I still see my knock. And I'm like, well, I didn't – my arrow didn't go through and out of him, but it passed through him. There's going to be holes yeah. on both sides, so that's good. And I see the knock sticking out, and I'm like, that's got to be double long. And so then he hops up and runs, and I'm seeing the knock the whole time. That's just like all I'm staring at. I'm like, that's got to be a kill shot. And then he stops, which is weird, and I'm like, uh-oh, that's weird. But then he takes off running again the whole time. His tail's not up. And I'm like, well, usually usually their tail's up when they're not going to die, and it's down when they're going to die. And he mule kicked on the shot. And I'm like, yeah. everyone that I've ever talked to, like a mule kick is a dead deer. And it looked like a double lung. So I was like, he's got to die. And so he ran like 40 yards from what we could see before he disappeared in the CRP again. And I was like, I'm willing to bet he's like 100 yards farther out in that CRP and he'll be dead out there. And so we, I'd make phone calls and stuff telling my fiance and my friends, hey, I just made a shot at a deer. It looks pretty good. We're going to wait a little bit and go track. And that took about 45 minutes. And then it just waited a little bit longer. And there was an hour. And then I, started tracking and right away I see bubbles in the blood and I'm like bubbles is usually lungs mm-hmm. and so it was like it wasn't dark bubbles like a meat hit at first yeah and I don't know why maybe I single lunged him but I was like this looks like lung blood to me so I'm definitely going to track right now and yeah. I make it to where he disappeared in the CRP and we lose blood for a second, but it's like six foot tall grass and you can't see the ground where the blood's fallen to. I'm mm-hmm. pretty much just tracking what's brushing up against him. And so that was tough and I'm going and going and going. And then before too long, I am th- getting that thought. I'm like, man, we've been tracking a while. So I just pull up Onyx and do the line distance in the line of the pins i've dropped on last blood mm-hmm. i'm like man we've got 250 yards already i was like if i double lunged him he definitely should be dead by now yeah and so it was just weird to me 
And then I remember a THP podcast I listened to before season with Shane Simpson, who made the tracker app, and he said that um, bucks that are in rut, even with a good shot, the average distance they run is like two to 300 yards. And I was like, well, I mean – Jesus. He what I was like, he was with a doe and he was bristled up when I shot him ready for yeah. a fight. So he's pretty amped up. So it doesn't seem out of the question that he could run this far. And so then I'm tracking some more. I'm like, okay, there's 300 yards. And then we get to like 315. And that's when the arrow, when I find my arrow on the ground, because it was hanging out of him when he was running. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, sweet. My arrow fell out. He's going to be dumping it now because he was already bleeding really good before then. And yeah. now that my arrow's out, I'm like, he should just be pouring it out now. And there's three drops and now, nothing what, else. Before you keep going, what broadhead were you using on this hunt? It was my um, Stinger, the Magnus Stinger gotcha. Buzz Cut. Okay. And it's not the two blade. It's the two blade with the little bleeders. So it's mm-hmm. technically a four blade. Yeah, yeah. The one that Ranch Ferry always talks about yeah okay gotcha i don't know why i thought you were using the mega meat um on that i do piece. use mega meats but i just on this hunt i was like well i'm on the ground probably should use a fixed blade just in case i get one yeah. frontal or quartering too yeah you were going straight thp on this hunt man <laughs> yeah yeah it felt like it <clears throat> so you keep looking and you only find three three drops of blood and then what you're just kind of like he's not dead or or what so i find i find those few drops of blood and i'm like oh that's definitely not good so then i'm like just calling my fiance and everything because she's been texting me asking me if i found it i was like well we just lost blood after 300 yards so this isn't really looking great so i just get on deer trackers united and start calling people and mind you this is a monday morning yeah. And I was I was thinking it at first, but I was like, no, there's gotta be one of these trackers that's available. So I called like fifteen dudes and there was two of them that weren't at work and the other two got that weren't working were already on tracks and wouldn't be available till the next day. And so because it was my last day, yeah, I had to go home because I had to drive two hours north of where I live in Michigan to drop my brother off at home. Yeah. And so I just didn't have the time and none of them could help me. And the one guy was like, I can call a drone guy for you if you want. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, yeah, I mean, I'll see with him, but it was too (laughs) expensive. And in the heat of, it was like 65 degrees that day. And he was like, in the heat of the day, we're not going to find it because everything is hot. This wouldn't happen to be, he he didn't, um he wasn't going to direct you to mike from drone deer recovery was he no it wasn't mike um, okay i, I was gonna say name. that'd be so cool dude i i've really yeah, been reach out to him because i've been watching his videos and not to change the subject here but that drone recovery stuff is is it's pretty cool it's like yeah like i've thought about getting a drone and just in the off season just flying around and be like all right so that's where they're bedded at but see i don't I don't really want to do that. I don't like taking a lot of electronics, you know, out in the woods, like a cell cam is as yeah. far as I'm going to go. So, yeah. Damn. So didn't, didn't find him. Yeah, dude. And so after that, I was like, well, 
got two hours to kill before I'm leaving and shooting one buck. I'm not going to leave a wounded deer and go try to shoot something else. So I got yeah. two hours to kill. So me and my brother just grid searched the entire area. He ran. So I'll, he ran from the shot and curved towards the West and then ran West and went back north and then headed east afterwards so he went east through the crp and then through a small wood lot that's where we found the three drips mm -hmm. afterwards we found three drips over like 50 more yards of ground and then the trails split off in all different directions and it went out to another crp field went out to a cut bean field went down to by the river and so we just walked all of it. We put yeah. like eight miles on in the next couple hours, grid searching Jesus. between the two of us and didn't find any more blood. Didn't find a bed with blood in it. Didn't find him, obviously. Yeah. So then I just got home, made a post in a Ohio hunting group and some guy who bird hunts went and looked for me and he didn't find anything. So I guess he's still out there kicking somewhere. So I kind of want to back up and break down the shot. So when you said that you shot him behind the shoulder and you saw the lighted knot um, still in him. Shit, hold on. No, you're good. Uh, was it like, could you, was it, was the knock buried in him or was the arrow still sticking out? It was only the knock sticking out. So it, like huh. everything, everything up, like the fletchings probably got stuck. Yeah. on the meat underneath the skin and just the knock was sticking out so i remember watching when he was running away it looked like my entire arrow was sticking out of him on the other side i was like oh yeah that's definitely a pass through just crazy. didn't come out that's so crazy and then you found your arrow so it it had to have slipped out either the other side or i mean there's no way it's gonna back up i don't think if it's yeah like i don't I don't think it would have backed out. Even when we saw him last, when he was first running, it was like solid in there. But mm -hmm. when he disappeared into the CRP, it started like whipping around from him running. So I'm sure it Dang, fell out his other side. See, that's but, I and and you and I have talked about this, but I love fixed blades, but I also love mechanicals. And you know, yeah. VPA is is my go-to. But dude, the one thing that that I know you know, T-Bone has said, and a lot of other people have said is sometimes with a fixed blade, it's, it's not as big of a cut. So it's easier for that hole to plug up. And I, I hate to say it, but it kind of sounds like that's what happened. Now, how he survived a double lung hit like that, I, I honestly don't know, but I've also seen deer. I, I know a story of a deer that got the bottom of his heart cut out and he still lived. Like yeah. the guy killed him a month later. So so what I think happened was I've done a lot of just looking on TikTok, looking on YouTube and Google images about deer anatomy. And so along like the entire backside of a deer, their, their spine from the hips to about like two thirds of the way up their body, mm -hmm. their spine is only about like that far under the line of their back. Yep. It, it and then like once drops you, down. Yeah, once you get up closer to the to the vitals in the shoulder, though, it drops. And then you have, like, this much above the spine. Yeah. 
And I honestly just think that I hit him up there. Yeah, but you That's saw all you I can saw, think that happened. <laughs> you saw bubbles though. Yeah, but a lot of trackers I've talked to have said that meat hits will cause bubbles too, just because um just from the muscle contracting it yeah just like makes bubbles in the blood so that's all i think it could be unless i because he was up higher than me Mm -hmm. unless i like only hit one lung and the arrow exited higher so it went above the other one and i just hit like the back and the top of one lung in an area where if it hits his lung he could survive it yeah I could see that. I mean, I if he was higher up, yeah, I could totally see that. Because from dude. the video, from the video, it was really tough to see because he's running and it's blurry. Yeah. But from what I could see, it looked like the arrow. It like if this is him, it looked like the arrow hit him and was sticking out like mm. higher up than it went in. So yeah. that's possible. Dang it, man! That sucks, but. Since then, you've killed. Right? Yes. Since okay. then, so let's let's hit that. Yeah. So I'll jump back for a second. My first set, um, at my private spot, I had an eight point come in and I missed him due to a stupid mistake. I used my wrong pin at twenty yards and shot over his back. And We've all done I was it. like, yeah, I was like, whatever, that happens. You're just an idiot, so figure it out. And so then the next weekend, I have a doe duck my arrow, and I thought I missed her, but then I grabbed my arrow, and there's a couple hairs on it, and the landowner saw her in their yard again a couple weeks later, and she had a little cut on her back, but nothing major. So then I was like, ah, I felt really bad. I was like, man, I went to their house and wounded a doe. I kind of feel bad about that, but... And I was like, whatever, it's not that bad. She'll survive. And then I go to Ohio and I mess up on that buck. And then I told you the day after I have my, what I think is my mega meat blade opened up while it was flying and my arrow turned and I missed. And I was like, geez, dude, like I've never had four opportunities to draw back and shoot at deer in bow season in my life. Really? Most I've ever got is one. Yeah. And so I'm like, man, I'm killing it as far as getting on them and getting in bow range of deer this year. And I just can't pull it together. Yeah. And so I was just like, well, I guess you need to just like wipe your standards away. And if it's not a fawn, (coughs) shoot it. And so opening day rifle season goes by and I saw one, but it was on the neighbor's property. So I couldn't shoot him. And then the first weekend of gun season is coming up and I have to work. I knew I had to work. So I was like, I just was planning on working and then I'm on my way to work that morning. I woke up a little late. And so I was going to be late to work, but it's cool because I work for my fiance's dad. So got the hook it up. was, yeah, it was all right. <laughs> and I'm on my way there and I'm like, <coughs> man, I'm going to get there, like, right at legal shooting light. And so I'm like, I'm going to take a walk out back and try and see if I can't get something. Because the cell cam we have back there was blowing up that night. There was, like, forkies and spikes chasing the does all over. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to go back there and see if there's not something. 
And I just walk out back in my work clothes with some Hunter Orange. And I'm standing there and out in the neighbor's bean field, I see some does and a little buck. And they're kind of working their way towards me. And I was like, all right, I'll give it 10 minutes. And if they get over here, they get over here. But if they don't, I'm leaving. And I'm just waiting. And then to my right, coming from the neighbors where they bed, because it's only three acres I'm hunting on at our work. And so from the neighbors where they bed, I just hear steps. And I'm like, "That's, that's a deer. That's not a squirrel. That's a deer. I'm just, and I'm just like, I'm just out there. I'm just standing there, like looking around like this out in the middle of the open. (laughs) And I hear steps and I'm like, that's got to be a deer. So I'm just standing there looking that way. And then I see it and it's moving towards me. And so I get down and then it comes over the little hill in the middle of the property. And it's at like 25 yards and I pulled up in my scope, and I'm like, oh, that's got antlers. And I was like, it is your unlucky day, buddy. And he stepped out of the tall grass, and I just put it right on him, boom. And I see him buckle. And then, like I've seen in um, TV before, when guns shatter their shoulder, you see their leg, like, waving mm-hmm. around like that. I was like, oh, I drilled him. And he went, like, 50 yards and was dead. He was a stud, wasn't he? Not really. He's a three-point, but... Hey, it's a deer, man. I had to give you mm-hmm. shit, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. Man, at least you it's got one. That... See, that's... <coughs> Damn it. Um, What I've seen with this season, dude, it's just, you know, hearing you say that, it just makes me think of, you know, my season and my buddy's seasons and, you know, having gut shot a doe. Yeah. A month and a half ago, that was first gut shot I've ever made felt terrible, but it was because of the same thing with the mega meat. And I love the mega meat, but the blade opened up and it just flew right and just punched right through her. But what you were saying about, you know, potentially injuring that six point, um, at least you'll never know. Cause I'm getting photos of this doe that I shot the day before I gut shot that one doe and she's got easily probably that big of a scar on her shoulder when i shot her the night before yeah and that was from uh that was from an exodus that wasn't even a mega meet so i don't know Hmm. how that happened but i feel you man it's it's one of those seasons that people are just it's tough it's tough people are struggling so man look you and i were talking about bows the other day and you told me to go with matthews yeah what do you think about this new lift that just came out? Dude, this bow has me so amped up. I've been talking my fiance's ear off about it. Oh, Lord. And, and, dude, I just, like, it's the same thing as the Halon was yeah. from however many years ago. It's the same as my VXR. They all look the same. They've all got the same looking cams and same limbs and same switch weight technology, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, this one, the reason why I like the lift so much and why I, like, want to shoot one so bad is because it, as an aluminum bow, is lighter than Hoyt's flagship carbon bow. And that was wild to me. And it's still quieter and still faster. So And it it comes in mossy oak bottomland. And that's my favorite camo pattern. I want it so bad. So, JD shot one today. He did? And he... 
So I, I don't know if you've paid attention to JD and his obsession with bows. I hope that he listens to this because he knows I'm going to give him shit for it. But this dude has had, so I'm shooting, I bought his old bear last year mm-hmm. and that's what I'm shooting right now. Um, great yeah. bow, but I need to upgrade. It's not fast enough. Well, he had that, sold it to me, bought a Hoyt, shot a Hoyt for almost a year, bought an obsession when he sold a Hoyt. What Hoyt was he shooting? Uh, the Torex. Oh, my buddy has one of them. Yeah, that's and it bow. wasn't a bad bow. I like. No, that's a really good shooting bow. He was keeping yeah. up with my <laughs> My friend was just same groups keeping up with my VXR when we were shooting together. It's just a little bit louder was all. Yeah, and I mean it. I've I've never shot a Hoyt, so he came over to hunt last year, and he was like, "Oh, you want to shoot it?" I was like, "Sure, dude." So pulled it back, and it was great. So then he gets rid of that. He gets an Obsession HB thirty three, which is kind of what I'm looking at now. And is that told- that? Is that that cool looking Obsession bow you had posted on your Instagram story yeah. the other day? Yeah, the yeah, bottom land with cool. the orange cams. Yeah. Yep, that's his. And I'm, I may end up buying it from him. We'll see. Um, we're kind of working on something with Obsession right now anyway. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. He might give me the homie discount, so we'll see. But the funny thing about right. it is he texted me this morning and was like, I'm going to go shoot the lift today. And I'm like, bro, you might as well not. You're, I know you're going to buy it. I know you're going to want to <laughs> buy it. He's like, well, no, probably not because I'm going to have to sell, you know, an arm and a leg and my left nut to get it. And I'm like, well <laughs> – when you become a union nut, it's because you went to go buy that bow. So he goes and does it, right? He shoots it. He calls me up as soon as he's done shooting. He's like, dude. And I knew. I, I knew what this was. And I was like, how was it? He was like, it is the best bow I've ever shot. I mean, it's not like I was talking to Donald Trump. Like, it's the best shot <laughs> bow I've ever shot. There's nothing better. And it's like, bro, you're, you're, you just got a new bow. And you're already <laughs> wanting to buy this one. And I don't blame him. I mean, if I had, you know, 1100 1400 however much it is to buy it. It's like you and I were talking the other day. You know, I'm I'm a big fan of Bear and Obsession. I haven't even shot an Obsession. I just like how they look. But Bear is kind of my go-to. And you were telling me. Bear is, Bear is probably my favorite company because their bows are so affordable and so yeah. easy for people to get into it. And they shoot great. Like my my fiance is wanting to get into shooting a compound. She doesn't know if she wants to hunt with it because she can't really pull enough weight to be super comfortable hunting with it. Yeah. Justin, <clears throat> I think that she'd be able to, but she just doesn't feel comfortable doing it. But yeah. I bought her a bear legit just because they're so adjustable. And I've seen the THP guys kill several deer with them and they're just fine yeah. bows. So I really like bear. Well, and that's kind of what I'm struggling with is like, I want to stick with bear. I'm actually going to be having the, um, the host of the bear archery podcast on in December. So we're going to cover all the new bows and and everything that I've been hearing and all that other stuff. But, you know, I want to stick with that just because it's something that I know I like. And then JD's got that obsession. Well, now he's talking about trying to get a Matthews and I'm like, bro, just stick with something. Like stick with something for a year and see if you like it. But I mean, I would get a Matthews. I mean, they, I do. The thing about Matthews that I like, and I've never shot one, but he kind of proved me right. And I'm sure you can agree. They're fast. 
And I think with the riser design, they're not as stiff pulling back. Am I right on thinking that? Yeah, no, they're really, really nice to pull back. And the back wall on them is super hard and super nice to be able to pull into and pull through with your shot. Mm -hmm. But my favorite thing about it is just um, how it's just how fast they are with being able to keep their bows quiet. Like quietness is probably my biggest thing to me just because like with how deer vision works, they can already see the arrow coming when it's coming at them. That's why they duck it. But it just, I think it helps a lot if they can't hear it too when the bow goes off. I just like having a really quiet bow. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I personally, I've never really had an issue with, with, you know, a loud bow or quiet bow or anything like that. Um, the deer over here, Pickles, I killed him last year with a, basically a bear legit. It's rebranded. It's, I mean, you you guys have Bass Pro and Cabela's up there, right? Yeah. Is it that blackout bow? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's I the same so. thing as a legit, like the exact same bow. And I killed him with it yeah. 20 yards, never ducked. So and the bow's not quite. It's like a three hundred and twenty dollar bow. Um, mm-hmm. I had that before I got the bear. And I mean, I the thing I'm struggling with, and you know, maybe we can kind of dive into this before we wrap it up. But I'm debating speed versus, um, like I guess weight. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I on one, and I've talked to T Bone about this numerous times, but I've gone from. I think last season I was shooting a 515 grand arrow. This year I'm shooting 460. And I want to go faster, but I almost feel like it's not even necessary. I mean, what do you think yeah. about that? Like, what's your opinion on the whole speed versus weight thing? Um, You mean weight of the bow or weight of your arrow? Weight of the arrow. Like total arrow weight compared to okay. arrow speed. Um. It depends. I mean, for hunting whitetails, like what we're doing, I don't think it, I don't think speed is important, obviously, but like you can kill a deer with a recurve and those aren't shooting very fast at all. And I just think like, if you want to build up a heavy arrow to try to have the most energy to get a pass through, I think that it doesn't entirely matter how fast your bow's shooting as long as you make sure it's extremely accurate and you make sure that your broadheads are really, really sharp. Yep. That's why that's why partway through the season I got those Magnus stingers was because I was like, I don't know, man, these arrows are kinda going pretty slow to really trust a mega meat if I'm gonna hit any hard bone. Yeah. So that's why I made my switch partway through to the fixed blades was just because my bow, because I'm shooting 563 grains out of my bow at 67 pounds. And so my arrows are pretty slow. Well, that's, I mean, how fast are they going though? Have you, have you checked them? I've never put it through a meter. My bow shop has one, but I just never done it. So you're shooting 67 pounds. What's your draw length? 28 and a half. And what's your bow's rated speed? I'd have to look it up. It's got to be like 340 something, right? Yeah, I think when I looked it up, it was like 
345 ish. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm just doing rough guesses here. Dude, I, I, I don't know. I think with that heavy of an arrow, I think you might still be moving faster, faster than me at 240. And I, I mean, I don't think you'd have any issue with the, you know, mechanical. But I definitely oh, think well, fixed is better because it's more reliable. Yeah. So you just need but, to switch um, to EPAs. That's what you need to do. You need to get those new Omegas, okay, the Omega 125s, and just stick with that. Because yeah, Are those the single bevel ones? Yeah. Yeah, I've been wanting to try single bevel. I haven't shot anything with it yet. Um, Ryan actually just texted me today and said that he sent ours out so they should be here i think friday and dude they they're they're badass broadhead i mean the cut's not that big but if because i really want to move away from like i want to get closer to the shoulder just so it's mm -hmm. you know more deadly um yeah and something like that i mean it's more reliable and you're like i said you're on the right track using a fixed blade you are on the right track with the weight and all that other stuff. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I when when does y'all season end? Like how much more time do you have? Um, I have a while. We're only about halfway through right now. I have till the end of December. And then if I struggle even worse than I already have been, which I doubt will happen, um, and I feel like I need to hunt after that, um in Oakland County, Michigan, which is close to me, mm -hmm. they have a late antlerless season because that's like mostly suburban stuff. So the deer population is stupid down there. And they have a late antlerless archery season all the way through the end of January. So I've got a while. All right. So I have to ask you, before we wrap this up, you're in Michigan. I don't know mm -hmm. what part. I don't know if it's north, south. I've got a buddy of mine that lives up there um, that if you've, I mean, you've listened to the podcast, so you probably know where I'm going with this. <clears throat> the Rumpola buck. <laughs> we have talked about this, but I'm curious. That's uh, the reason why I found your podcast in the first place. Really? Mm-hmm. So you listen to both episodes with Andy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I talked to him the other day. He's going to be coming back on probably in December. Um, cause I mean, me personally, I've found a lot more stuff that is related to that. Um, interviews with people that, you know, claim to have seen it live not live, but seen the deer itself. Yeah. What's your opinion though? I mean, being in Michigan, what, what, what do you think if you had to, if you had to say, if someone was like, all right, Brock, you're deciding whether this thing's real or not. What, what are you going with? If I had to make a decision and there's no gray area, I would say that it's not real. Okay. Why? Just because um, there's just so much adding up to it not being real. There's just so much like funky business revolved around it with how he's had – how many state records, like three or whatever, I don't get too much into numbers because everything I listen to says different numbers on everything about it. Yeah. And um, he's had, I'll just say, several state records, and he's entered all of those 
He's entered all of his commemorative Bucks of Michigan Bucks. And so he just was like obsessive about score and entering deer. How come when he shoots this world record, he's just all of a sudden like, that's not why I hunt. Yeah. Who are you fooling, dude? And then like, and then just with all of the pictures of deer where it just looks weird and like the head sitting and then the antlers are sitting like this on the head or the does with their antlers with their ears pinned back on their neck because the antlers are pushed into it from Mm -hmm. being attached however they were attached and there's just so much weird stuff about the whole situation that makes it just sketchy well i can tell you that me and andy have stayed up texting probably till midnight when i should not have been because i get up (laughs) super early for work every day right so yeah you said on a recent podcast that i listened to that you wake up at like you wake up earlier than you need to to get out earlier yeah yeah so i can go do deer stuff i mean that's literally you know i would have done that today i i just didn't have the time but um yeah man i me and me and andy both have literally debated back and forth one day we think it's real one day we think it's not he'll send me photos comparing like the like literally this dude he i don't know what he does for work but he needs to be a private investigator or like some (laughs) type of some type of crime scene analyst because this guy will send me photos so close to the pedicle or or one time and he's like dude something about this isn't right and i'm like how did you see that (laughs) <laughs> and, and I'm just like, you, you really are obsessed with this deer and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, no, I, I, I obsess real, you know, but yeah, me too. Especially being from Michigan, like yeah. who in Michigan wouldn't after the reputation that this state has for not having big deer, like who wouldn't want the world record typical to be from Michigan? I well, know I would, it just seems weird. The only thing, the only thing I feel like it has going for it. If if you look away from all the weird funky bucks, and I'm gonna say bucks in quotes because some of those <laughs> it's very questionable. Um, I'd probably believe it more if you said that was an antler doe before I believe it's a buck. But that specific deer, I know that Mitch had some agreement with Milo Hansen. And I've been doing a lot of research lately, just kind of out of nowhere of, of uh, <coughs> the um the Johnny King buck you heard about that is that the um is that the one that was going to be the world record but wasn't because of the weird G2 or is that the one from yeah. like the early 1900s no no that you're thinking of the okay. Jordan buck is the one from the yeah, yeah 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 so the Johnny King buck you you were right it has that one I think it's the G2 that they, that one of this guy was, um, I forget his name. I think it was like something bushy. I know that. Anyway, he was a Boone and Crockett score for like 25 years and he scored mm-hmm. this. Deer. So this dude knows what he's doing, right? I mean, he's scored hundreds of deer. And when he scored it, it came out higher than Milo's buck. And there was some weird stuff going on that Boone and Crockett didn't want to acknowledge the fact that the King buck was bigger than the handsome buck. So to circle all that back to Mitch, it kind of just something doesn't add up with Boone and Crockett where, you know, he, I can kind of see Mitch not wanting to enter it 
only because of all the crap that came along with it with Boone and Crockett and Milo and all of that. Cause Johnny King went through the same thing. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's real. I mean, Garrett Goodwin came on earlier this year and told me about a 230 inch buck that was killed by you guys like three, four years mm-hmm. ago. So, I mean, it's possible, yeah. but where there was that City one, is, there was a, um, there was a, shit, I forget what town it was. I don't remember what city was. It was in like south central of the lower peninsula, like just kind of down close to the Ohio border, I think. Mm-hmm. And they found a 241 deadhead down there that's like the new state record. And in um, a county where I work, there a dude shot a 227 a couple years ago, oh, urban God. hunting. So there's, I mean, there's big deer, but those that I listed are non-typicals, not yeah. big, clean, perfect 12 points that look identical on both sides. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've rarely, I've seen one deer, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I think one deer that both sides are identical and in, in the years and years before I even started hunting, you know, cause I, and I, I'm pretty sure you know this story, but growing up in Illinois, me and my dad would go out to this game preserve by the house and we just watched mm-hmm. the field and I'd see freaking giants like that make these guys behind me look like babies. And I still don't think I ever saw anything that had matching sides, like, like the Ron Polo buck. Yeah. I don't know, man. I know Andy went to his house. He knocked on the door. Uh, Nobody answered, but I've been telling him, you know, cause I know Steven Ronello wants to do a documentary and Mm -hmm. I can't remember if he, if, if Andy talked to Steven or sent an email to meat eater, they did, he did something in contact with them. And um, I haven't heard anything back about it, but I told him, I'm like, dude, if you want me to fly out there and help you with this shit, just tell me. <laughs> Cause I mean, I grew up looking at the Ron Polo buck and being like, Holy crap. And then now it's, you know, I still can't figure out a way how he could have done it, but I did talk to my taxidermist and he was like, dude, I could do that. No problem. So, yeah, well, I've, um, my uncle has a high fence up North that he just raises. Um, he just raises deer and breeds them and stuff. And he does really, really good and just sells a lot of bucks to farms and stuff. But there's just a select few bucks over the years that become favorites and stuff. And so he, keeps the they have to cut the antlers off like that high above the base every year so they don't hey, kill each other in the pens. oh yeah like Jeez. yeah so i'll just this is just a quick stat real quick he had to sell 15 deer to a hunting ranch this year mm-hmm. and his average his average score for the 15 that he sold to the guy was like 232 for a couple of one to three-year-old bucks god yeah he grows them huge up there i'll have to send you some pictures what is he feeding them and can can he send it down my way so i can start feeding my <laughs> god dude 230 as a three-year-old yeah yeah good night that's unbelievable i mean i me and andy both have debated like i said you know he said something about mitch might have known it and i don't want to make this whole episode about mitch but i feel like you being in michigan 
you know, mm-hmm. it, it kind of just fits. I hate it. I hate it, but it's true. Um, <laughs> but he said something about like, you know, Mitch knew a guy <clears throat> or either he knew a guy or someone in the family or something had a high fence and that he could have killed a specific buck taking the antlers off of, you know, some sheds or, or whatever and put it on that deer. But see, then it it's the game warden saw it. A bunch of other people yeah. it and saw it like that. That's I feel like that's so hard to do to to trick a game warden like that. Yeah, that's what's you know? weird to me, too. And the thing that I was getting to was. um, He's mount. My uncle has mounted a couple of the cutoffs from his big ones oh, on okay. the wall just because they're like his favorites. And yeah. so the taxidermist has to build like the bottom six inches of the antler. And that's where like on those high fence bucks, that's like a gnarly spot with twisted kickers and everything. Yeah. And they replicate it perfectly. Like you can't tell huh. that it's not an antler until you, but like, that's the thing is like they scored it and they got that close. And when you get that close to it, you can kind of tell. Yeah. That, that's so what like me someone, out, dude. Yeah, someone definitely could build a rack like that, but to fool everyone, that's the weird thing. Yeah, I I just – because to me, it's – if it was just a mount, like if that's all that we had any any photos of or, you know, one kill photo, right, and no Mm -hmm. amount or just something like that, then I'd say, okay, that's crap. But – I mean, I've seen photos of that deer still alive and facing two different ways. His ears are in different positions. It's the same exact rack. I saw the kill shot video, or not the kill shot, but the walk-up video. Mm-hmm, I've seen that too. I mean, it, it's either real or Mitch is a fucking genius <laughs> because <laughs> I I couldn't do it. And I mean, yeah. and I don't want to, I hate, I hate bashing him because the dude was a good deer hunter. I mean, he yeah certainly was a good deer hunter. Um, I don't know, dude. I feel like we could debate on this for hours. I, really I could do. go on about it forever. I've listened yeah. to like, I think I was keeping track. I've listened to like 15 hours of podcasts about it while I'm working. Because I drive when I'm working. So I just yeah. listen to stuff all day long. See, that's and, the same thing I do. Yeah. So I've listened and like I was in the fan club facebook group for a little while i'm so sorry they... i'm so <laughs> so sorry <laughs> you had to deal with and, that crap and then i posted the pictures of the antler does and they kicked me out so yep. then i've been in the um the skeptics, skeptics. group for a while yeah and there's just a lot of stuff that comes out all the time about it well see what kills me is so andy is in both of those he's mm-hmm. and he's very secretive and so there's I don't know why he's so secretive. I, I really don't. And he, I've tried looking him up on Facebook. He reached out to me on Instagram, just like you did. But like, mm-hmm. you're on here. You've got a, I'm sure you've got a Facebook and all this other stuff. Yeah. I can't find him anywhere. He claims he's in the group. He claims he's in both the skeptic and the fan club. And he'll send me photos. So he's definitely in the group, but I've never been able to find this guy. And hmm. I'm pretty sure on one, it was either on one of the episodes or it was after we recorded. He, he even told me, he was like, yeah, man, you know, people say that Mitch is in the group 
and you know, but under a different name. <coughs> and he was like, and people have even claimed that I'm Mitch and all this. And I'm like, hmm. I'm like, but hmm. because I thought about it, I was like, ah, dude, could it? But it doesn't sound like him. Unless Mitch yeah. just completely lost all his testosterone and now sounds way <laughs> higher pitched voice. No offense to Andy, but just a higher pitched voice. There's also a lot of technology, though. That is true. That is true. I don't know, dude. I mean, Joe Rogan had an entire ad made with his voice. I he know. He never made dude, the ad. So. That, I hear that all the time. And it's like, if you don't know about this $6,200 or $6, subsidy, I'm like, that. that's not Rogan, man. They're, yeah. I see it on YouTube all the time. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I Like I said, I need to get him back on here. And I'm going to try to get him because when – the last time he was on, I wasn't doing this whole Zoom stuff. So I'm going to try. Oh, it's just on the phone? Yeah. So I'm going to try to get him on Zoom. And I'm telling you what, if if it's – if he is if he is Mitch and somehow he is doing this stuff, I, I'm going to I'm gonna flip out. I, I don't think it is. I don't think he is. Probably but not, but it would be cool. Right? I just want to know, man. Yeah, I don't care whether One it's real thing, or not. I just want to know. I saw I want I listened to it was only like a twenty minute interview from a Illinois podcast with a guy from I don't remember I think he's from Michigan and he was like friends with Mitch or whatever. And one time in the podcast, he said something like, Whichever it is, real or fake, I think we'll find out eventually. And he winked. And I was like, what yeah. do you know, yeah. dude? I was like, what do you know about it that we don't? I just watched that last you're week. you're hiding something. Yeah, I literally just watched that last week. And that's – see, and that's the thing. It makes me – I think – all right, all right. I'm going to wrap this episode up with this because we're literally <laughs> going down a rabbit hole that I can't get out of. Um, <laughs> one of two things. It's either fake and they're waiting for Mitch to die in order for that to come out so he doesn't get you know he, he's already gone he's not going to deal with anything which I it's kind of dark I don't know if I I don't know if I subscribe to that or <laughs> it's real and they're waiting on somebody to beat Milo's record so they can come out and have it officially scored yeah that's just yeah, what makes I, sense to me yeah I'd agree with that Cause I mean, that guy, like you said, you know, he was like, whether it's real or fake, <coughs> we're going to find out. Wink. And it's <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I want, I literally rewound, rewinded, wound, rewound it. Yeah. Rewound yeah. it a couple. I'm, I'm illiterate, dude. I got a monkey brain. Um, <laughs> I rewound it a couple times and watched that. And I, I literally listened to him and watched him wink. And I'm like, bro, where is it? Yeah, you know. exactly. That's what I was thinking too. I was like, he knows where it is. Yeah. It's like, just come out and show it. But I guess because Milo still has the record. And I honestly, I honestly thought that Dustin's buck was going to smash it. Yeah. I mean, if you look at his deer and Milo's deer, I'm sorry. I, I told Dustin this when he came on. In my opinion, Dustin's is the biggest. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, Milo's buck doesn't hold a candle to it. Yeah. Oh, um. I'll finish with I'll finish the Rompla subject on this. I think that since you and I are both young, I think that we will be alive when the truth comes out for sure. Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah. Well, and Andy told me he's got a lot more info from the last time. So especially now that that interview came out, uh, not that long. What was it like a month ago? I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. It was about a month ago. So that tells me Andy knows something. So I actually might mm-hmm. text him tonight and be like, Hey man, did you see that interview from those guys in Illinois? What, what was that wink about? Cause I'm sure he knows <laughs> that dude knows yeah. everything about this deer. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I agree. I mean, you're, you know, you're 19, I'm 28. We have a long, long ways ahead of us, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you're right. Cause every year there's deer that are just creeping up on Milo. And I don't know. I, I've never been a big fan of that buck. It's a beautiful deer, but he killed it on a deer drive. And you and I both share the same opinion on deer drives. I just, mm-hmm. I'm not a fan especially of them. After, especially after trying it. Dude, yeah. I'm just saying, like, the fact, the danger factor alone was enough for me. When I oh, was, man. when I was standing and heard a shot and heard the bullet go through the woods in front of me, I was like, no, thank you. Not anymore. Yeah, that, when you texted me and said that you heard it whiz by you, no, nah, I'm good. I played enough Call of Duty. I've I've shot enough <laughs> guns. I'm I'm good. I don't I don't need a 30 out six or 300 wind mag or 308 or whatever the hell y'all were shooting going close enough to me that I can hear it. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, well, and it, it dude, it's it's all it's all luck. And I'm not trying to bash the guys that do it. I know there's a big community that does it, and I'm sure some of the people listen to this podcast that do it. And that's fine. It's legal. Go ahead. But mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I, I just, I guess to wrap it up, I just want to figure out what's going on with the Ron Polo buck. And I want you to kill one of those big deer, whether it's Uno or any of the other ones that you said. I I, I don't know why I can only remember Uno's name. Probably because it's because he's, it's he's my favorite one. He's well, the only see, one there you that, go. Yeah. So you got to start giving them crazy names like Pickles back here. I got Tangy, <laughs> got Curly. I think my daughter named one Brownie this year. Like, we had a so are you familiar with Louie, the cartoon dog? Uh yeah, I think I've heard of it. I, I was hunting a deer named Louie last year. So. Like nice. literally, I show her a deer and she's like, Louie or Trike or just some crazy kid name. So <laughs> the next new deer you see that you name, you gotta give it a crazy one. And All right, I will. I think you'll kill it. Cool, man. Well look. I appreciate it, Brock. Um, once again, the most badass name I think I've ever heard. Uh, I know Dan made that joke. I'm not going to make the same joke yep. he did, even though it is like a 1970s superhero name. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude, we need to get you back on. Um, keep me keep me updated with the uh, with how your season's going. And I'm going back to Ohio soon. So are you going back this season? Yeah, right at the end of their gun season, I'll be back. Gotcha. You should take a bow. I just, I'll take my bow, but it might not leave the truck. I'm biased. I'm very biased. <laughs> I know. Um, and so I, the thing is, like, I really want to shoot a deer with my bow because I haven't shot a buck with a bow yet, and I've shot nine bucks now with a rifle. So yeah. But, I mean, I just feel like the gun culture up there is heavier than down here, and there's nothing wrong is. with that, you know, at, no. at all. But yeah, it is. Well, go kill one with a bow, dude. Yep, that's the goal. <laughs> <coughs> well, 
God, dude, everyone listening to this is going to hear me coughing and be like, I'm, I'm done. Uh, one last thing I want to ask you, and I'm doing this because you told me, shoot, right when we first met, you want to get in the hunting industry. Mm-hmm. I know that's something you want to do. So why don't you, you got to have something to plug, right? Okay. So yeah. what do you, what do you have to plug? Tell us how, tell us the beginning of the Brock Wingo hunting industry entrance. Um, I'll just plug my Instagram is Wingo Brock point two, four, three. And my Facebook is a public Facebook that you can just follow. It's just my name, Brock Wingo. And on TikTok, it's bwingo88 is my username, I believe. I make a lot of videos on there. Just usual keeping up with the trends, BS. But I have my TikTok and then I have my YouTube that I started this summer. The handle for it is uh, capitals in the words the underscore chase 810 and that's my youtube um it's pretty small and i'm getting there but i just got a different editing software on my phone recently i went from iMovie to CapCut, and CapCut has a lot more options so my videos are a lot more high quality than my first five were so yeah just learning how to do it and trying to record the process of getting a deer well i could be talking to the next seek one guy of uh (laughs) michigan (laughs) awesome dude well look i appreciate it man um we're definitely gonna get you back on probably after season so we can get a recap of what's Mm -hmm. going on and and whatever info we drum up about the rompola buck since you're in michigan uh i will like i said i'll text andy and see what kind of stuff he's got but Man, thank you. You know, I, I actually had a I had a good time doing this. I hate that I had to reschedule like five or six times. It's just crappy timing and getting sick and all that, all that good the stuff. The thing that worked out is that every time, every time we've had to reschedule, I've had something come up at the same time too. So See? it's there been fine. <laughs> That's the Lord working, man. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Awesome, dude. Well, Brock, I appreciate it, buddy. And um, I guess till next time, dude. Yep. Look forward to coming back on. Awesome. Thank you, man. Thank you for listening to this episode of Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. If you don't mind, go on Apple, go on Spotify, wherever you listen to this and give us a five-star review. It really helps out. And, you know, I just want to give all the glory and all the thanks to God. Without him, I wouldn't be able to do any of this. We wouldn't be able to do anything without him. So just needed to throw that out there. Thank you again for listening and don't forget to give us a review.